Everybody got the victory today? Good, good, good. How many understand that no matter if you were real strong in something several years ago, that doesn't mean you just stay strong automatically. You have to feed yourself on it continuously. And it's not just a matter of knowing something or having it logged in one's mental library, but it needs to be alive and real on the inside. And so uh, I know that some of the things we're saying is not brand new to you perhaps, or not that you've never heard them, but uh, I guess maybe the key is, are we excited about those things? You know, that's one way you can tell whether something has just become uh, just mental ascent or whether it's living inside. If it's old to you, it's not real to you. If you hear something, you go, oh yeah, 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 I knew that. Well, it, it's not living in you. You're not experiencing it. You're not walking in the reality of it. But when you're living in it, when you're experiencing it, you never get tired of hearing it. You're excited. When you're living by faith and walking by faith and somebody says, let's look at Mark 11, 23 and 24, you don't go, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. No, you're, you're excited. You just experienced some results of it this morning and you're going, yeah, yeah, let's hear it again. You're excited. So if it's old to you, it's not real. If it's real and living in you, it's not old. It never gets old to you. So we're talking about healing. How many, you know, are tired of being healed? Tired of being healthy? No, thank God. Health is such a blessing. It is such a tremendous blessing to feel good. To be able to take a deep breath and not hurt. Be able to walk around, do what you want to. Not be tied to the bed or to the chair. Or be able to dress yourself, do what you want to do. It's a blessing. How many are glad and you're thankful for that today? Take a deep breath. Ah. You thankful for that? How many feel good? Glory to God. Did you get some sleep last night? Did you enjoy it? Did you have a good meal today? Did you enjoy that? It's wonderful to be able to eat and your stomach not hurt. and Be able to hear and see. We are thankful. We are thankful. And that should be normal for Christians. We should be healthy. And uh, one thing we began talking about on the last session is a reason why we know that God wants us healthy among many is that He has given us the promise and given us the right of longevity, of long life. And you can't die in midlife with a disease and have that come to pass. Even if a disease didn't just kill you all at once, if something ravaged your body year after year, well, that would, maybe it didn't kill you at the moment, but that would have the effect of shortening your life. That can't be God's will either. Because He's promised us long life. We have a right of long life. Let's turn again and look at Psalm 91 and just talk about these things. I brought some interesting things today if we have time to mention to you. Like I said, you know, I guess teaching healing school for a number of years, I became interested in this subject of longevity and have done, you know, some study on it and have tried, you know, kept clippings and different things over the years. I just, it's just been an interest of mine. And I think it's a good interest, you know, things you're interested in, you, you have a tendency to duplicate them. And uh, how many think it would be a good idea, the Lord tells is coming, to just stay around a long time? Just, just a long time. And not just length of life only, but quality of life. A long life and a high quality of life. Health, strength, and a lot of it. And like the scripture says concerning Abraham and David and different of the patriarchs, that when we do go, if the Lord tarries is coming that long, we die aged, satisfied, full of years, full of riches. Amen. 
We've, we've experienced life to the full. We've pleased God. We've run our whole race. We've finished our whole course. We're ready to go. Amen? But it's none of the devil's business how we die or when we die. I said it's none of his business. It ought to be between us and the Lord. And we ought to make up our mind we're not letting the devil rob us of an hour of our earth time. You only do this one time. Right? After this, you know, we, we will never live on the earth in a mortal body like this again. With this just one time. And we'll have plenty of time to experience heaven and the ages to come and everything that's ahead of us. We need to live this to the full. Need to get everything. And we just make up our mind. Why don't you just say it out loud. I'm not going to allow the devil to steal any of my years. Not any of my days. Not any of my hours. Hallelujah. We'll go when it's right. When we're through. When we're satisfied. And when us and the Lord are satisfied about it. Then we'll go. When we're good and ready. Amen. The devil's not going to force us out. Not through some of his stuff. He's not big enough to do it. He'll lie to you and tell you that he can. But he'd have already killed you. You know, thousands of times over if he could have. Already. He'd have killed you when you're in your mother's womb. He'd have killed you as a little child. He'd have killed you as a teenager. He's been trying to kill you all your life. And if you serve God, he just can't. He can't do it. God protects. His angels protect. His spirit protects. If we'll just obey God and believe God, the devil can't do it. He can't do it. In Psalm 91, great psalm, a lot of you could quote it. But it's talking about experiencing the blessing of God. It talks about the man dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. It talks about him protecting. It talks about him blessing. It talks about, in verse 11, his angels having charge. And he gets down to verse uh, 15. He says, this man that trusts in me, that abides in me, he will call on me. I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And one way that he honors us is with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. You know, it takes a little while in life for him to demonstrate all the ways he saves and delivers. It's going to take a little bit of length of life for him to demonstrate and show us his salvation. And we have the right and the promise of it with long life. Who said it? God said it. Did, does this belong to us? Like Brother Hagin always says, God's Word is God speaking to me. Did the Lord tell you personally that if you'd serve Him, He would satisfy you with long life? Amen. Long life. You know, uh, in, in back in the law and Deuteronomy and also Exodus and also Ephesians, He talks about that the first commandment of honoring your mother and father is the first commandment with promise. That it might be well with you. And you might live what? Long, long, live long, and you can't, no way you can hyper-spiritualize this. Well, yeah, we're going to be in heaven. No, live long on the earth. On the earth, living long. So we have a right to live a long time on the earth, to be satisfied. Like we said before, a number of people misquote uh, the scripture in Hebrews, and they say, well, you know, the Bible said it's appointed unto man a time to die. Well, that's not what that scripture said. It said it's appointed unto man once to die. One time, and after this, the judgment. 
And we went back to last session and talked about in Ecclesiastes, the 7th chapter, 10th verse, talked about, you know, don't be foolish, don't be wicked. Why should you die not in your time? In fact, in the Psalms, it says, wicked and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. But why did they not live out half their days? Wicked, deceitful, deceptive. And we read from Ecclesiastes 3, to everything there's a time and a season. Everybody say season. Season. And he talked about a time to be born, a time to die. And again, we said that's not 3 o'clock on a Thursday afternoon. That's a season. Job 5.26 talked about, uh, you know, Job, it, it was said concerning him, You will come to your grave in a full age, like as a shock of corn comes in his season. In his season. Well, in youth, that's not the season to die. In midlife, that's not the season to die. It's like we're saying, after you're aged and satisfied, full of years, and you're in the season of fullness, you've run your whole course, and that's the season and the time to die. But even that, you're not limited or locked in to a day or even necessarily a month, or even necessarily a year. We talked about Paul, you know. He said, I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. But it's needful to remain here with you. He said, uh, I want not what I will choose. Now, some people today, if they, they'd, have been, they'd have told Paul, well, Paul, it ain't up to you. God's already made that choice for you, but obviously it was up to him. He could choose whether to stay or whether to go. People have a lot more power and right in, in their life and a lot more say-so in when they die than they think. Amen. Now, in, you know, there are a number of scriptures I won't have you to turn to them, but I'll just read a few of them to you. In Ecclesiastes, or excuse me, Proverbs, Proverbs, that we're told that what we do and how we live will affect whether we live long or whether we live short. Just listen to a few of these. Proverbs 3, verse 1. Proverbs 3, 1. He said, My son, forget not my law. Let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Everybody say add. Add. Are there things you can do that will add years to your life? Apparently so. The fourth chapter and the tenth verse. Proverbs 4.10, he said, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life shall be many. Everybody say many. Proverbs 9.11. Proverbs 9.11, he said, For by me your days shall be multiplied, and the years of your life shall be increased. Proverbs 10.27 this just kind of sums it up here. Proverbs 10, 27. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. That's as plain as you can say it. Does how you live make any difference with your length of life? Like I quoted to you earlier, that was from Psalm 55, 23, that bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. So if you fear the Lord, if you walk in His ways, if you follow Him, the Scripture says He will add years to you. He'll multiply your days. The word prolong was used. You, your life will be prolonged. But if you're wicked, if you're foolish, if you don't do what He, what, what he leads us to do, you will shorten your days. So there's no question about it. There are too many Scriptures 
that reveal to us that you and I have a whole lot to do with not only our quality of life, but our length of life, how long we live. Now, you know, you get to the question in this, and like I said, I've, I've studied this and thought about this for some years. And uh, here's an interesting question. How long is long? Right? How long? It, well, he, he promised us with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. But how long is long? Is 45 long? 53, is that long life? 66. Well, how long is long? Well, we're right here at the Psalms. Why don't you back up there to Psalm 90. And I want to mention something to you. And if, if this sounds a little bit different than what you've thought, don't, don't throw it away. I've got a number of scriptures I want to mention to you. And you, you just make up your own mind about it. I'm just telling you what, what I, the conclusions that I have come to from the scriptures about this. Psalm 90 we are familiar with the passage in verse 10 that says the days of our years are threescore years and ten, that's seventy. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, that's eighty, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow, it's soon cut off, we fly away. Seventy or eighty. Uh, the question I'm asking to you now, is that, has God set that is, as the appro approximate maximum life that we could expect or believe to live down here. I don't believe it is. Uh, for one thing, notice that this psalm, back up at the text, the top of it, it says it's a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Now if you skip down to verse 7, just back, that was verse 10, back up to verse 7, listen to the context of it. He says, we're consumed by your anger and by your wrath are we troubled. You have set our iniquities before you, our, our sins, our secret, in the light of your, your countenance. For all our days are passed away, how? In your wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, if by reason of strength they're fourscore. It's strength, labor, sorrow, it's soon cut off, we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? Even according to your fear, so is your wrath. He is talking about a people living under the wrath and anger of the Lord. And I submit to you that this correlates with Numbers, the 14th chapter, when they were perishing in the wilderness, and he told them, all of you are going to die from the age 20 and up. You're going to die in the wilderness. Well, you add the 40 years to that, and from that age period, all of them, for that generation to die out, by the time the other one would have went in, they'd have all been dying around 70 or 80. I don't believe this is a maximum that God has said, you, you know, this, this is the approximate maximum that you should expect to live. Now granted, if a lot of people made it to there, they'd be doing better than many are. Right? I mean, there's a lot of people dying in their mid-30s or dying in their 40s or dying in their 50s. And man, if they made it to 70 or 80, they'd sure be doing better than many. And, on the other hand, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I consider myself to be a relatively young man. But if the Lord told me today, if He said, I'm through with you, you've done everything that I want you to do, you're through with your job, you can come home, I would go. Are you with me? 
I, know I got friends, I got family, I got, you know, things to enjoy down here. But if the Lord told me, I'm through with you, you can come home, I would leave today. I'd be gone. But he hadn't told me that, he's not going to tell me that. Because I'm not through, and you're not through either. Right? But we have a right to live long. So what, what is long? Go back with me to Genesis, the sixth chapter. You understand what I'm saying? If, if you live to be 70 or 80, that's better than a lot of people are doing. But, but would you say that's the maximum? That's it. Well, we already have Psalm 91. With long life, he'll what? Satisfy so if you got to 70 and you wasn't satisfied, well, you keep going. You got to 80 and you're not satisfied, well, you keep going. Got to 85, you're not satisfied, you keep going. But how far can you go? Well, certainly you just work that out between you and the Lord. But, but is there anything in the Word? I believe there is. I believe in Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, we're given the approximate maximum that people down here in this time could expect to, to live. What, did I tell you Genesis? That's what I'm trying to say. Genesis, the sixth chapter. Are you there? Genesis, the sixth chapter, verse 3. Genesis 6, 3. So the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be, what? A hundred and twenty years. Do you think a person could believe much beyond 120? For much beyond? I don't think that you could. Somebody said, well, no, no, Brother Keith, that was, that was back when they were living so long. That was way back. No, this was a drastic cut for these people. I mean, if you just go back up to the fifth chapter, you don't have to read it, but I mean, Adam lived to be 930. Seth, 912. Enos 905, Kiana 910, Mahalalel lived to be 895, Jared lived to be 962, Enoch lived to be 365, but you know why he didn't live, live any longer. You know, people talk about, well, the Lord took so and so. There are only a very few people the Lord ever took. This is one of them. Enoch was not because God took him. The rest of the people, they went home to be with the Lord. But he goes on to say, he goes on to, Methuselah lived to be 969 years old. And at the time the Lord said this, the days of man will be 120 years, that was during the time of Noah. And Noah lived to be 950 now, I, now, it's interesting to think, most of these men, even down to Noah and, and most of these individuals back up with Enoch, they lived so long that their lives overlapped. A lot of these guys were just mentioned, they knew Adam. They saw him, they fellowshiped with him, even after he'd been alive for 600 years, 700 years. You think today if our grandparents had lived to be a thousand years... How many generations of people back would we be able to go visit with today? But not only were these people living that long, wicked people were living a long time. You take a guy that's a criminal and he lives 800 years, he can do a lot of damage. 
And most people were like, this is, this is right at the time of the flood, where most everybody, Noah and his family were the only ones that God found. They are all wicked. And God said in so many words, he said, my spirit will not always strive with man. He's flesh. In other words, I'm not going to put up with this like this. And he changed it. And he said, the days of man will be 120 years. Now, I don't know of anything that was said in the word after that that changes that or that modifies that. And so it stands as it's written. And you notice that after the days of Noah, Noah immediately uh, men begin not to live as long. Um, here we go. In the 11th chapter of Genesis, you, you, listen to this. I'm going to give you some of the names and the ages and watch how that they changed. Noah lived to be 950. His son Shem died when he was 600. Our facts said the next generation, he died when he was 438. The next generation, Salah, he died at 433. Eber, 464. Peleg died when he was 239. I'm talking about every generation now. Reu died 239. Sirug, 230. Nahor at 148. Terah, Abraham's father, died when he was 205. Abraham died when he was 175. Isaac when he was 180. Jacob when he was 147. And Joseph died at age 110. Do you see how with every generation... It just shortened, shortened, shortened. You might say, well, it's, it's still shortening like that. I don't believe so. It's interesting to note that it, when you get to Joseph at 110, then 500 years later, in Exodus 6, men are still dying at about the same age. See, every generation, it really dropped, dropped. But when it got to about 110, 120, that's where it stopped. Somebody said, well, people are not living that long today. Yes, they are. I'm going to read you some examples of it in just a minute. In fact, did you know that in this country, right now today, there are over 50,000 people over age 100? It's estimated that just in a, in a couple of years, by the, by the year 2000, it's supposed to be over 100,000 people in the U.S. over age 100. Somebody say, yeah, but nobody lives to be 120. I've got clippings. I've got notations. I'm going to share with you in just a minute. And so if one person lived to be this age, millennia after God said that, then how many understand what I'm talking about? That it hasn't changed. God has set the approximate maximum that we could believe to live down here at 120. That doesn't mean you have to live that long. Certainly most people are not going to make it. But how many know that most people on the earth don't know much about faith or about walking with God? And a lot of people are just wicked and so you shouldn't expect that. But people like us that have been exposed to so much about faith and healing and the will of God, we should see some of that in our midst. Amen? We should see some of that. So like I said, even five, I won't take the time to do it, but if you want to, you can go over to Exodus 6 sometime, and you can study, uh, see that. They are all dying at about the same age, 110, 120, 137. And see, this is 500 years, a, a millennia after this. As soon as God said that after Noah, then it started dropping. 
I mean, they, they, they weren't living nearly... It didn't just go from 900 to 100, but over several generations it tapered off until they're dying at about 110, 120, 130. But it didn't keep doing that. Millennia later, you still have people that old. So that's where it was. Uh, let me read to you some things here. Like I said, this has kind of been a hobby and an interest of mine. And I just brought a few of these clippings that I thought you might be interested in. First of all, let me read to you an excerpt from the Adam Clark commentary. You know, Bible commentary. I thought this was interesting. A guy brought this to me one day. I'd never even heard of such a thing. But he lists some... He, this is his commentary on uh, the Bible portion of Psalm 90, the Adam Clark commentary. And... Uh, he got some things from some records of people that lived in the 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, 1700s. And I, let me just give you a few of them. They're, they're interesting. One case is the case of Agnes Schooner. She died, it's a on record that he got a hold of, she died in 1499 at age 119. That's almost 120. You know, it's interesting that the man that God gave this word to, the days of, my, my spirit will not always strive with flesh, uh, strive with man, for he also is flesh, but the days of his years shall be 120 years. Do you know who God gave that to and who wrote that? Moses. You know when he died? 120. He must have believed that. Uh, here's something very interesting. Now, this is some of these records he had. In 1612... The Countess of Desmond in Ireland died at a, a recorded age 145. And it was said that she renewed her teeth three times in her lifetime. That teeth grew back in her head. Isn't that something? Uh, here's a man named Thomas Parr of Winnington in Shropshire. It said he mar married his first wife at age 88. <laughs> and they had two children. <laughs> and at the age of 102, he fell in love with a Miss Milton and had an affair with her. And they had an illegitimate child. And he went to the church and repented and did penance. And then at the age of 120, he married a widow woman. And it said when he was 130, he still did any operation of farming on his own farm. In other words, at 130, he plowed, he pulled corn. He died at the age of 152 in 1635. He had lived through ten kings and queens of England. Hmm. It's recorded that Thomas de May of Leighton died in 1648 at age 145. Henry Jenkins of Ellerton was a fisherman, said he often swam the rivers when he was over 100 years of age. He died in 1670 at the age of 169. It's recorded. Mrs. Yeah, well, I, I don't know about all that. Well, here's some very, very recent things. Uh, 
This was back in 91. So if this guy is still alive, he would be even older. But in 1991, Jackson Pollock of Milledgeville, Georgia was 124. That's right in Georgia. That was in 91. And uh, they asked him, you know, one one thing that I've been interested in is any similar characteristics between these people that lived so long. And I believe I've seen some. We'll mention those perhaps as we go on. Are there any, you know, there, there are some things that you do wrong that shorten your life. There are some things you do right that allow you to live long. Some of it has to do with the way you think, the way you believe, the way you view things, the way you approach things. This man, they asked him, I read some of the articles, this Jackson Pollock, he was 124 in Milledgeville, Georgia. They asked him, they said, what do you attribute your longevity to? And this is what he said. He said, trust in God and he'll pull you through. Just trust in God. And, uh, the, and also he said he attributed his long life to faith in God. And he said, and also he said, I have always smoked Prince Albert tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> now, another thing to notice now, you know, obviously that's, that's not good. But it wasn't his perfect diet and lifestyle that caused him to live that long. There's some things to observe in diet and exercise and lifestyle, but if that's all it was to it, then these people that are health food fanatics and exercise extremists wouldn't be dying in their late 30s. There's a lot more to it. Exercise and diet are a part of it, but they're not all of it. I don't know that they're even half of it. So much of it is what's in here. And what's in here. How you think, how you talk, how you deal with life. And your faith in God. Another end of it, we had uh, in, uh, Carrie White of Palatka, Florida. She died in 1991 at age 116. Uh, Walter Williams of Texas, he died, this has been probably 18 years ago or so, at age 125. Now, are you hearing these numbers? 116, 119, 120, 123, 124, 125. This is not back in Genesis. This is in this century. Are you with me? Let me read some more of these to you. These are, these are clippings from newspapers that's as current as a few years ago. Here's a man right here in Clinton, Oklahoma. He's a preacher. His name is Lawrence, Reverend Lawrence Benjamin. He still preaches. He still fills the pulpit. He's 104 years old. Glory to God. Still works in his yard. And he, he talks about, uh, they asked him about his message. He said his sermons haven't changed much. He said, I just preach the Bible. That's what he said. Gets up every morning, sometimes as early as 2 a.m. and works on his sermons. 104. Can you say glory to God? Here's a lady, 1994. In Florida, she dies at age 114. This was, this was 1994. And uh, well, I'm, again, notice some things as we read these about characteristics of some of these people. 
Remember what Jackson Pollock said, just trust in God. He'll pull you through. How many know that, that that's very simple, but that's faith. Just an abiding faith that no matter what happens, God's going to get us through. You know, one characteristic I know I have identified in this, if you want to live long, you cannot worry. You cannot take cares and take anxiety. You can't be uptight and pin up all the time. That will shorten your life. You've got to know how to cast your cares on the Lord. You've got to know how to be at peace. And that you hear that in the tone of some of these. Just trust in God. <laughs> It'll be all right. Don't worry about it. This woman that died at 114, they were asking about her. And they said she just loved everybody. She'd caress you. She'd kiss you. She'd hug you. No matter who you were. She loved everybody. How many know that's a quality of living long? That's the New Testament command. You can't be bitter against people or against situations. It'll shorten your life. You can't hold grudges. Can't go around with a chip on your shoulder. Can't be ornery and mean, hard to get along with. Another reason for you to be nice and sweet. <laughs> to live a long time. Can you say amen? <laughs> it said she remained mostly healthy throughout all her life. The doctor said... When she died, they were trying to find out why she died. And the doctor said, well, you know, she's only 114. But they said, the doctor said her heart was tired. She had no diseases, no high blood pressure, nothing. She was just tired. Man, that's the way to go, isn't it? No diseases, not even high blood, nothing. Just tired of living, so you go on. 114. Here is one in Oklahoma. Uh, they call her Granny. She's 112. Just a few years ago. We got this clipping. And it says, uh, this is some of her advice. They're asking her about advice for living long. She says, uh, uh, be lively. She said, it's just as easy to be lively as it is to sit here and bite other people's head off being sour all the time. <laughs> Are you writing down some of these characteristics now? Be like, I don't think you ought to put down the one about Prince Albert Tobacco, but <laughs> trust in God, love everybody, don't worry. And see, she said, don't be sour all the time. She said, uh, I like to read, I like to read the Bible. She said, I've read through the Bible and I've read a lot of Billy Graham's books and articles. She said, I don't really care much for TV. I used to watch as the world turns, but I stopped that. <laughs> Boy, she's smarter than a lot of folks, ain't she? It says, church has been her guidance and her main interest in life. It said, ever since I can remember, church has been important to me. It says she has remained in practically perfect health with only one single hospital stay with a hip problem. Said she doesn't even complain about a headache. 114. Glory. Glory. Here's another one. Now this one's interesting right here. This was what, uh, 1994? This woman, uh, a woman up in Detroit, she's 112. 
And a man, a burglar, broke into her house. And she attacked him. (laughs) Physically. (laughs) Let me read it to you. She's 112. It says, a burglar received a painful surprise early Thursday when he tried to rip off 112-year-old Rosalie Ellis. He forced his way through her east side Detroit home in the front door and he tried to steal her money and valuables and she grabbed him. He threw her on the floor, but she held on to him. (laughs) I won't tell you where she grabbed him. (laughs) I'll just tell you, he was glad when she turned him loose. And her son said that it was a good thing she didn't have her gun. That was the only thing that saved him, she said. And then they, they asked some of her neighbors about her, and they said that in this, this lady in her 80s was riding motorcycles through the neighborhood. And they asked her about this situation, about the burglar. And she said, she said, I don't harbor any ill will toward him. She said, I don't hate the man. I don't hate nobody. Here's an attribute of living a long time. She wasn't bitter. She just grabbed him. <clears throat> she attributes, listen, she attributes her positive outlook and longevity to serving God. That's what she says. Her positive outlook and her longevity she attributes to serving God. One more. Here's a woman. She dies. Uh, 19. Well, this is 95. She died at age uh, 120. Everybody say 120. This is 1995. People are living. Not everybody. Not even most people. Not even half the people. But some people are living to be 120 years old, millennia, thousands of years after God said the days of man shall be 120 years. She, uh, uh, the Bible said that the doctor remarked on her extraordinary resistance to sickness, to stress, and depression. Now did you hear that? Stress will shorten your life. Depression will shorten your life. You can't live down. You can't live depressed. You can't live stressed out. And, and, and this is the mistake many people make. They go to the doctor, and the doctor might give them a checkup, and if they don't have a disease, specific disease wrong with them, then a lot of times he'll tell them, well, it's stress-related. And so then they say, well, i got to get out of this job. i got to get out of this occupation. That's not the answer. You could go to a deserted island where there's nobody but you there and be stressed to no end. It's not what you're involved with, it's how you deal with it. It's how you respond to it. I don't care what's going on around about you, you can have peace in God. You can cast the care of it over on Him and just refuse to worry. Amen. Just We which have believed do enter into rest. Just rest. Or to be rested. You can't go out, get up every morning worried, pent up. 
worried about you know I used to tell people in healing school I know they thought I was crazy sometimes but you go in there sometimes on a Monday and I mean death is just hanging in the air people come in there and death's all over them some of the doctors have told them they should have been dead long ago and you can just sense the heaviness and sometimes I just to break the ice I just say so they say you're going to die people look at you like oh my god don't talk about it <clears throat> I said that shouldn't come as a shock you should have already known you're going to die we all going to die if the Lord tarries is coming none of us going to make it out of this alive you're going to die, your dog's going to die, your cat's going to die, all your friends going to die, your flowers and plants are going to die. <laughs> I said, what in the world would you say that? You got, the Bible said in Hebrews that Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death, the devil. And through the, through the fear of death, he kept people all their lifetime subject to bondage. Through what? Through the fear of death. You cannot fear death and live long and live free. Worst case scenario, if nothing went right, you didn't believe God, everything went wrong, you die. What happens? You slip out of your body. You look at it and go, well, where's the angel? Okay, let's go. Worst case scenario, you're saved. You go to be with Jesus. People are so afraid of dying, so afraid of being shot, or dying in a car wreck, or crashing on a plane. We're all going to die. Face it. Deal with it. Don't be afraid of it. That's why we that know these things shouldn't sorrow as those who have no hope. And while we're alive, let's don't cower in the fear of death. Let's live while we're here. Let's live. Enjoy it. Savor life. Savor every minute. Savor every, even the tough things. Say, hey, here's another chance to prove the Word of God. Count it all joy when you fall into trials and temptations. So she, they, they talked about that she just, she didn't get uh, her resistance to sickness, her resistance to stress, her resistance to, depre to depression. This is no coincidence that the woman lived to be 120. They also said there's nothing exceptional about her lifestyle. She's not athletic. She's not a health fanatic. But she lived to be 120. That one of those ladies, uh, I didn't say it, but the Miss Diaz that lived to be 114 in Florida, she always rolled and smoked her own cigars. <laughs> Miss Calmette. She, uh, she said this. She said, I have had a beautiful life. They're celebrating on this occasion. They had a big cake here. They got a picture of it. She's a little bitty thing. They're celebrating her 120th birthday. She's sitting in a chair waving. She said, I've had a beautiful life. And she said, I've had good health. And I'm happy. Glory to God. 120. Everybody say 120. Now, why are we saying all these things? Why are we mentioning these things to you? Because the devil has sold people a bill of goods. You hear people 40 years old talking about they're old. You do. You hear people, I mean, 35 years old. Well, I'm just, I guess I'm getting old. Tell me what, what percentage 40 is of 120. 40 is one-third 
80 is two-thirds of 120. But the problem is, if you get to thinking like that, and you get to believing like that, well, I'm, I'm old, I'm, you know, well, I'm 40, I guess the rest of it's downhill. And people expect for things to start going wrong. They expect to start falling apart. And if something, got, something happens, they go, well, you know, I was looking for that. If you are, maybe you don't even say it out of your mouth, but if in the back of your mind, you're, you're thinking, well, you know, years are kind of piling up here. I, uh, it's liable to be some problems here right away. And something comes up, and instead of resisting, you just go, well, I'm getting old. Then your years will be shortened. I said your years will be shortened. Moses must have believed what the Lord said. When he said, the days of man shall be 120 years, he died right on it. At age 120, his eyesight was not dim, his natural strength had not abated. God had to tell him it was time to die. So he climbed a mountain. That's pretty good for 120. Climbed a mountain. Looked over the land without any help for his vision. And went home to be with the Lord at 120. We do not need to accept or yield to the mentality that we're old, we're wore out, when we should, we're in the middle of our life. People think about youth being, you know, just a few years, like your mid-teens to your late 20s, and now you're getting old after that. That's foolishness. I said, that's foolishness. In Bible days, you weren't even really considered to be a, a, a decent man until you're 40 years old. You were just your youth before, prior to that. A lot of times they didn't even talk about marriage or anything until that age. But I'm saying, you and I do not have to just lay down and go, well, I'm old. What is old? What is old? What is the approximate maximum? When God says, with long life, I'll satisfy. What is long? 120 is long. 120 is old. And a few years before that would be old too, but... Here's what I'm talking. Now we've already said, does that mean I have to stay here? That well, certainly not. Certainly not. Like I said, I mean, if I knew I was through today, I'd go. But I'm not, and you're not. There's too much work to be done. The harvest is great. The laborers are not overabundant. They're few. God needs every one of us, and he needs every one of us to do our whole part as long as we're supposed to. If you leave ten years early, that's work somebody else has got to do, right? Besides that, even if you live to be 200, that's nothing. It'll be here. It's gone. I remember I told you about my aunt that I used to talk with, Aunt Leo, who was 103. And uh, she used to, she'd get to talking about things, and she's talking about when she was a little girl, and say, well, that just seemed like a few weeks ago. When she was just in her 10 years old or 12 years old, she said, she, then she'd stop and go, you know, that just seems like a, a year or two ago. And it'd been all those decades. Praise God. Well, bless you. Have a good afternoon. We'll see you next time. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.